Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is good to be gathered together in the house of the Lord. And I brought my wooden spoon. More about that later. No reactions? A little couple of smirks, that's about it. Uh, gosh, it is. It was so warm at Eden, I'm still melting from being at Eden. So, uh, But we had a good service together there as well. And so let's open our time of service and prayer this morning. Let's pray. Father, we come before you together. And we are grateful to be here in your house to worship. We are grateful to be gathered together as a family of faith. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be poured out amongst us this day, that our hearts would be attuned to you, and that you would be honored in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Hey, brother, the wooden spoon, he says, Scott, I got something I got to talk to you about. You're going to need something bigger than that. <laughs> call to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Psalm 27. Uh, you'll read the part now. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my heart. Whom shall I be afraid? My heart says of you, seek his face.
to come to our time of announcements, I want to let everyone know that, Lord willing, <laughs> we'll have our final Bible study. It's been uh, shifted around a few times, but that's going to be this Thursday at 10 in the morning, and we're going to go out for lunch afterwards. Uh, anyone that would like to join us is more than welcome to join us for Bible study and or lunch. Um, if you only join us for lunch, though, I think you should pay for everybody else. <laughs> Just my. Just kidding. Um, for sending our kids to Camp Oneida, our final total was $1,500. Give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> Wonderful. That is uh, fantastic and certainly will help a lot of people get to camp. So that's fantastic. And um, also, for July and August, we don't have any specific missions that we are giving together uh, towards. And so uh, you're encouraged, if you would like to give to a mission of your own choosing during July and August, to please do so. Deer Creek Day. There's a couple of details that I realized after um, talking to my very wise wife that I haven't included in our Deer Creek Day information. Um, certainly bring your friends, enjoy the day. Just so you know, there is a cost of $15 per vehicle to get in. If you decide to park somewhere else and walk in, it's only $6 a person. So, I mean, if you want to walk from home, you get exercise and save money. <laughs> Maybe that's a little extreme. Anyway, it's also bring your own picnic that day. So, if whatever you want to eat, you should bring. And if you want something to eat, bring some food. If you don't bring food, you might be hungry. Unless you're a good fisher person and, you know, you can catch fish. And stuff. August 27th is our vacation-themed fellowship Sunday. And so if you have individual pictures or electronic versions of them that you want to send to Serena, please do so by email or pop them on a flash drive. Uh, also, you can bring your photo albums for that. Are there any other announcements that I forgot this morning? It's entirely possible. Right. Hearing none, that's great. Then we will uh, also, just a reminder that God calls us to give to the ongoing work of building his kingdom. And you can give either in the place at the back or through e-transfer to Goshen Baptist Church 9 at gmail.com. And we are grateful for everyone who gives to support the ongoing work of the church. And we're also grateful for our visitors that we have today, too. Yeah, it's great to have you guys. Let's just thank God for the gifts and offerings that have been given. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this call to do your work to be good stewards of everything that you have given to us, to sacrifice for the building of your kingdom. And so, God, we ask that you would bless all of the gifts that have been given. Father, help us to use them wisely. And, Father, may your kingdom grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. On the 21st, we had the National Day of Reconciliation. And this is something that's near and dear to my heart and uh, for many people. And there is, uh, all around us, of course, there's our First Nations brothers and sisters that have been through quite a bit. Uh, some of them live in places that are just terrible. Some of them, horrifically, in a country that has so much fresh water, have water that they cannot drink. There has been the stories that we've heard of residential schools and what they've gone through. There's been mistreatment and neglect and abuse. And that's not the way of Jesus. That's not the way that Jesus calls us to. 
things are complicated when you have two nations that are sharing the same space. Uh, Multi-nations, I guess, really. We know that even in the history of the First Nations people themselves, there's been warring amongst the tribes. And perhaps still there are some lingering resentments to this day. And so today I wanted to take a moment to pray for reconciliation. Will you join me in prayer? Father, today we lift up these people. The First Nations people of Canada. Father, we pray for reconciliation. Father, we pray for healing. We pray for compassion. We pray for understanding. We pray for forgiveness. Father, when we have been complacent, as people around us have been in need, forgive us our complacency. Father, where we have turned a blind eye or a deaf ear to needs around us, we pray for forgiveness. Father, grant us the energy, grant us the solutions, grant us hearts of compassion that we may build bridges between us. Father, we think of the places where they don't even have fresh water and it breaks our hearts. We think of the high rates of suicide and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and it breaks our hearts. Father, we think of the many women that have been taken into trafficking and it breaks our hearts. And so, Father, today we pray for reconciliation. We pray for restoration. We pray for healing. And Father, for hearts that have turned to you. Will you raise up leaders in our nations that seek a common goal of reconciliation? That seek to bring healing and help. Father, show us the way forward. May we care for everybody we meet with compassion and kindness and grace. And where there have been wrongs done, we pray that there would be forgiveness. Father, bind up the brokenhearted, we pray. May they find new life and new joy in you. May we be your hands and your feet and your voice for we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Next song this morning is our national anthem. Canada, please stand.
we come to our time of praying together, I know that uh, many of you would have received the email from Serena about Lainey and uh, the incident that she had uh, hot chocolate splashed on her and uh, just kind of a pretty horrific situation, but we've been, uh, Serena would let us know that she's doing quite well, so we praise God for that. Did you have any other updates for us? that's come already and thank you for your prayers for her we continue to be praying for others within our congregation and this is also a time where we have where we can share any prayer requests or any praise items that we have for today is there anything anyone would like to share with the church family So she's going to be going to Maple Manor on Tuesday. She'll be moving in there, and she'll be in room 229. And so I'll pass this on to Serena so you can add it to whatever information you'd like to have for us, bulletins, or whatever. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. Yes, and please, go ahead. Yeah. before you and we are indeed grateful for the freedoms that we have in this country and we are grateful for those who have fought for those freedoms and father we thank you for your kindness to us your compassion father we thank you for the good news about laney for the good news for sandra's granddaughter too father for the good news for june to finally be able to have a room at maple manor and a place there Father, we continue to lift up those who are in need of healing. We bring before you today Les Craig, Joel Krauss, 
Zach Hardiman, Maddie Rowland. Father, we pray that you would give them the healing that they need, that you would meet them at their point of need. Father, we also lift up our sister churches within our association and also within the wider association of the CBOQ, and we pray that you would bless them, Father. You bless those services, you bless those churches, and bless the people within them. Father, give their pastors strength as they preach today. Father, we thank you for the rains that we have needed. Father, we thank you for the crops and we ask your blessing over them. Be with those who work in the fields. Keep them safe, we pray. And Father, be with us in this time. May our hearts be truly open to what you would have to say to us. In Jesus' name. This morning is number 294, One Day.
ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. <clears throat> the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. <clears throat> the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, 
Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Are you ready? That's usually the question, right? Are you ready? It's time to go. Are you ready? Church is going to start soon. Are you ready? We're going to be late. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? Maybe you've been there. It's good to be ready, right? Like last year, does anyone remember me going camping at Deer Creek? You do. Thank you. All right. Good to know. And what happened last year when I thought I was ready? Was it a I forgot my tent. I was in such a rush to get there because I thought I had to be there by 7 o'clock that I went and I, sometimes I'm not the best at being prepared for some of these sorts of things. And so I had thought I had everything else. I did have everything else, but I got there and somehow I managed to forget my tent. Are you ready? What does it take to be ready? What does it take to be ready for whatever's coming? Now, some people are checklist people. Like, whenever they, they have something going on, they make a checklist. Do we have any list people here this morning? Yeah, a few. Okay, yeah. All right. You make a checklist. Usually when we're going to Cuba, that's what we do, too, is we'll have lists. That's one of the times where I'll actually have a list, too. Um, it's a little harder to get something I've forgotten at home when I'm in Cuba. Um, but, yeah, checklists can be super helpful. And make sure that you're actually ready. Are you ready to go? 
continuing to work through the Gospel of Matthew. And perhaps you remember a couple of weeks ago when Jesus was with his disciples, they were in the temple area. And they were admiring the beautiful temple, and Jesus taught, told them how every stone would be thrown down at the end. And they said, when will it be? That was their question. What are the signs? And we talked about this. There were signs that there would be wars and rumors of wars, that there would be famine in various parts of the world, that there would be earthquakes. But Jesus said that these are just the beginning of the birth pains. Right? Over at uh, Eden, sometimes when I get talking, I don't realize a word that comes out of my mouth. I was having a hard time getting these words out because I was trying to say that I'm not a woman. However, what came out of my mouth was I'm not a man. But I am. I am a man. What are you out there? And that's why I don't know a whole lot about these things. But anyway, we're on this series of watch out. And Jesus says, watch out to his disciples. Perhaps you remember a couple weeks ago, he said, watch out that you don't freak out. Right? You don't freak out. Don't get scared about all the stuff that's been happening around you. Don't freak out about it. Don't check out. Don't get overwhelmed by everything that's going on and say, oh, I just, it's too much. I'm not going to have anything to do with, with faith and Jesus. And also, don't run out. Right? Don't run out to every spectacular event that you hear about thinking, oh, maybe I'll see Jesus here. Maybe I'll see Jesus there. Because Jesus told us that when he returns, everyone will know. It will be obvious. It will be incredible. But maybe, since we can't know the time, we might want to know in the meantime, what are the expectations? What is it that we should be doing? What does Jesus expect of us in the meantime? And Jesus said, watch out. Make sure that you are ready. Be ready to be invested and to be servants. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at those three things. Today, we're going to focus on the idea of what it means to be ready. Watch out. Or as Jesus said, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. We don't know when Jesus will return, but we know that he will return. Uh, perhaps you remember that there have been people in the past that have predicted when Jesus would return, right? Maybe you've heard about it, maybe you've watched something, maybe you believed them, right? Uh, we certainly, there was a lot of hubbub a few years ago. January 1st of what year? 2000, right? Obviously, Jesus is coming back then. Right? Jesus works according to our calendar, supposedly. On that same note, I think that probably in the next 10 years, there will be another resurgence of that. Because it will be about 2,000 years since Jesus went back to heaven. And maybe that's when he will return, but we don't know for sure. No one knows for sure. But we do know for sure that Jesus will return Therefore, be ready. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to see Jesus? Are you ready to go? He may come at any point in time. Jesus said, watch out. Be ready. And then he shared this story, this metaphor of these girls with their lamps. They had oil lamps back then. And they had ten of them that were waiting, and five of them had been prepared, right? These girls are basically bridesmaids. They would be waiting normally with the bride, and five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. Five of them were ready, five of them were prepared, 
metaphor. I'm going to tell you, don't get lost in the metaphor. Don't worry about what the oil is specifically looking to represent. Jesus' question simply is this, is the metaphor. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready for his return? Are you ready to go? Now, we, of course, we want to know when will it be. But Jesus tells us, don't worry about when, because his return is imminent. Now, there's a word we don't use every day, right? Imminent? Imminent. But what it means is that his return is now. It's coming. It's right around the corner. It's going to happen. At any point in time, Jesus, boom, will return. Imagine what it was like for the disciples that were there when Jesus ascended back up into heaven. Chapter 3. 
This is what Peter had to say to those scoffers, to those people who said, where is this Jesus? And remember, this was a long time ago. Starting verse 5, they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. We remember that back in Noah's day, it was a wicked time. So wicked that God had decided he would wipe out all life on earth except for Noah and his family. And people went around and did their thing. This may surprise you, but it's not a small thing to build an ark. It was a vast boat, 450 feet long. The neighbors should have noticed that something was up. But they just continue on in their wickedness, probably scoffing at Noah, saying, Are you kidding me? There won't ever be a time for this. And Noah continued to build day after day. And then one day, God sent the animals. <coughs> closed up the ark, flooded the earth. In the same way, this earth, as we know it, according to the word of God, is reserved for fire, destruction. Whether that will be in the form of war, we don't know. Let's continue on in our passage. <coughs> Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. To the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. We don't operate at the same time scale as God does. The Lord is not slow, as some understand slowness. Here is the key. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why is Jesus so long in coming? Because he's waiting for people to repent. There is fire, as we've seen on the news. There is destruction. And everything is wiped off. And everything is laid bare. There's nothing that can be hidden anymore because of the destruction of the fire. But out of that fire, what happens? What comes next? New growth. New life. And that's what God will provide. You know, as good Canadian people, we often avoid unpleasant topics, right? If there's something that we don't like to talk about or something that might seem uncomfortable, we'd rather just sweep it under the rug or, you know, the old expression of saying, oh, we'll just change the channel. We won't talk about that. We'll change the channel. Do you, do you remember the good old days? I mean, you guys in the back, the, the kids, I'm sure you don't remember this, but there's actually a time when you had a TV and you reach out and turn. <laughs> Crazy, right? Or then there was this bird. We were up at the cottage, and this is a grouse, and uh, it made us laugh. A grouse's defense mechanism is it will take its head and hide it under the wing, saying, you can't see me, therefore I'm invisible. So my brother and I, I remember throwing a rock at this silly bird, but there was no way we were going to hit it. We were trying to kill it or anything like that, just trying to get it to fly away, and we couldn't get near it because we're laughing so hard at this ridiculous bird who thinks that if I just stick my head under my wing and pretend that there's not a problem, it's all good. 
But unfortunately, no matter what the situation, no matter how uncomfortable the truth is, not talking about it, avoiding it doesn't change the reality. Doesn't change the reality. This is why this is such an important thing for you and I, for those of us who trust in Christ. This is why Paul said, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And so we go out and we say, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Watch out. Time is short. Keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus will return at a time we don't expect him. We don't know when, but we know he will return. And unlike that patient person, sort of half patient, waiting for everybody to get ready for church, snapping their toes, come on, come on, come on. That's not Jesus' attitude. Jesus' attitude is just be ready, always be ready to go. Well, that sounds good and everything, but what does it actually take to be ready? What does it actually take to be ready? It's probably a little confusing for us. Like, do we need to make a checklist of things that we should do as Christians? Make sure we do this, that, and the other thing? One of the motivators to be ready for Jesus Christ sometimes is fear. And some people will preach this way. Fear. Fear. <laughs> fear. Right? <laughs> Get all the way to the spoon. If you don't know why anyone should be afraid of a wooden spoon, you can come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> or talk to somebody older. What's that? Uh, no. But my mother used it to help get a little bit of fear to me in the right direction. But the problem with fear is that fear changes our mind. Or excuse me, it changes our actions. Right? It changes our actions. When we fear something, we try and avoid it happening again, right? Like the wooden spoon. I was a little slow learner. I got it more than once. Um, but the idea is that it's to change our actions and our habits. But often it just changes our, our desire to avoid getting that again. See, John wrote that fear has to do with punishment. And some people preach and talk about when Jesus returns and how terrible it's going to be. And it's true, it will be terrible for those who don't believe. As we read last week, or a couple weeks ago, all the peoples of the earth will mourn. Those who don't know Jesus will know, this is a bad thing for me. Oh no, he is real. Oh no, I've rejected him. Oh no, what now? They will be devastated when Jesus returns. And when Jesus returns, he's not going to just be waiting for them to say, oh yeah, hurry up, come on, change your mind. It will be too late, like the story with the metaphor, the door was shut. It will be too late. Too late. And those ones that like to preach all the scary stuff and tell us about the dangers of hell, yeah, it is real. It is real. But maybe there's a different way. Something to think about as it's found in the next verses, 11 and 13. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to this day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. 
But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. You see, some of these angry, fearful creatures might tell you that you need to live holy and godly lives and you better get your act together. And that's what they're like. And they tell you about the importance of being selfless and how you better sacrifice and how you better live in submission to God. Fear can be a motivator. But maybe there's also another motivator that's even better, and that's love. Because John wrote that the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And when we get to know Jesus Christ, we can know his love, the love he has for us. And that should inspire us. Fear changes our actions, but love changes our hearts. We no longer want to do the things that we used to. Motivate us to do things that please Jesus. As he wrote, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. When we get to know Jesus well, all of that fear can go away. All of that fear can go away. Scripture tells us that if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are free. Free from fear. Free from the fear of the day of judgment and what that will bring to others. Because Jesus Christ took it and paid it all on the cross for you and for me. And for all who trust in him. This is why Paul was able to say, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Better by far. Take a look at Philippians 1, 9-11. See what else Paul wrote there. See, what Paul writes here is the prayer that I would have for each one of us. This is the what that we should be doing. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What should we be doing while we're waiting? We should be growing in love that abounds in knowledge and depth of insight, giving us the ability to discern what is best. He makes us pure and blameless, not coming on our own efforts. And then that turns into the fruit of righteousness that is shared with others. Let me put it another way. He calls us to grow, to know, and to show grow in our love and relationship with him, to know him personally, and know his love, and then to show that to others. This is what he calls us to do. Because following Jesus is more than just a decision you make at one point in time. Following Jesus is a lifestyle that you embrace for forever. And through that is how we are made selfless. It creates a desire for us to sacrifice for him makes us willing to be submissive to him. He wants us to know him, to love him, and to obey him. So that one day when he returns, is a good thing for us. We can rejoice 
He will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect, and we don't have to be afraid. This is our homecoming day. This is the day that we look forward to. And instead of being devastated by this potentially frightening day, we instead will be delighted. Jesus said, I will go and prepare a place for you, and I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. That should wind us up. But when Jesus returns, that should make us feel the excitement. It should excite us, it should energize us, and it should help us to engage in the people around us. The last passage I want to look at is found in Revelation 19, 7 to 8, where we see, once again, the image of the wedding. This is the final wedding together, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has been made, has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Don't miss this. Fine linen stands for the righteous act of the saints. This is what it's about. These, this image that we were given of these ladies, these bridesmaids with the oil in their lamps. It's about the righteous things that we have been called to do. Jesus said, watch out. Keep watch, for you don't know when he's going to return. But when he returns, it will be a day of joy for us. A day that we can look forward to. A day to be celebrated. So let us keep doing what he has called us to let us always be ready to go. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. And you have called us to always be ready to go. That means that we always continue on in the work that you have called us to. Thank you that we don't need to be afraid, but we can instead live in your love. May it inspire in us the righteousness that you desire. Today we will be taking part in communion. And if you're so visiting with us today, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're welcome to celebrate with us. And remember what he has done for us. And so let us stand and sing together our communion hymn number 328, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Please stand.
so we are gathered at this table to remember what Jesus Christ came to do. That he came to pay for the sins of the whole world. These elements that we have before us, bread and juice, they represent his body and blood, which was given for us. Blood was shed for us. Jesus had gathered with his closest disciples in an upper room, and they remembered the Passover meal. A time that reminded them of the freedom from slavery that God gave them. And as part of that time, part of that Passover, they took an unblemished lamb, a perfect lamb, and blood was shed, painted on the doorpost, up the hill, on the cross
body of Jesus Christ has been given for you and for me. Let us take and eat in remembrance of him. The same way after supper, Jesus took the cup, the cup of redemption, and he said, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood. The old covenant had been kept through the blood of lambs and bulls. This new covenant is completely paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us remember his shed blood in the time of prayer. blood of Jesus Christ, shed for you and for me. Let us drink in remembrance of him. The scriptures tell us that they sang a hymn and then went out. Let us sing the final two verses of our communion hymn. Please stand.
Are you ready to go? The good news is, with Jesus, there's no wooden spoon. He has paid it all for us and has opened the way for us to go. So let us go and be his ambassadors of the good news for everyone else, that they too can enjoy this. They too can have the righteousness, the freedom, the forgiveness that he offers. So go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.